Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. That was three no's in a row before the yes. No just means no for now. Keep trying. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. So excited to be here on the South by podcast stage. My name is Esprit Devore and I am here with Karen, COO of Intercom. Yes, so excited to have you here. What you guys are going to experience for the next hour, we have two special podcast episodes. So we have the lovely girls in front. You girls stand up for a second. So first we have Karen and then we have the girls talking about the cannabis track. You know the cannabis world is a big deal. South by just launched a track at Can- All About Cannabis. So I thought it'd be so cool to have leading women in tech in the cannabis industry. So first we're going to get into Intercom, how it became one of the most popular tech startups in the world, servicing so many thousands of tech professionals to communicate more effectively and give their customers the most extraordinary customer experience possible. So Karen, thank you for being here. Thanks so much. It's pretty great to be here. <laughs> Dude, did I seem like this before? That's awesome. I love the energy. <laughs> this is my Sasha Fierce girls. <laughs> you are Sasha Fierce. <laughs> so Karen, thank you. Is this your first time at South by? This is actually my first time at South by. I have wanted to come for many years and it just hasn't worked out. And so when Esprit invited me this time, I was like, yes. This is my time. It's, it's, I love it. So I have been a fan of Intercom for a long time, and uh, I'm stoked because you guys, your MO is truly to deliver extraordinary customer experience and create a stronger bond between company, brand, and, um, and customer. So you're the CEO of Intercom. You didn't start there. Uh, is this your first time being a COO? This is my first time being a COO. And before Intercom, I was actually um, with a much larger company. I was with Intuit for about um, 14 years. Um, and most recently, I was the um, head of all of, uh, I was the SVP of small business for Intuit. So led all of um, QuickBooks, accounting, payroll, payments. You guys may have used some of those products. Um, and had a huge team, about 500 people there. It was about a $2.5 billion business. And I left and joined a startup. Uh, I mean, and... And so scary, or you felt super prepared? Uh, super exciting. I actually took a little bit of time off um, between Intuit, um, where I kind of got back to my technical roots. I got back to coding. Um, I did a bunch of startup advisor work um, and even talked with a couple friends about starting something myself and then um, fell in love with Intercom. Um, and the rest is history. And let's get back to the beginning and then go in to, uh, to how you ended up where you are today. When did you first fall in love with technology? 
Yeah, I would say um, in high school. Um, so in high school, I loved um, math and computer science and um, physics. Um, and actually, my first jobs outside of um, babysitting um, were teaching and tutoring math and computer science and physics. And I just loved problem solving, trying to build things, trying to figure out how things work, trying to make things better. Um, so that was my very, my very first time. And then how did you parlay that into becoming the tech professional that you eventually became? Yeah, so um, undergrad, I have a technical background in applied math with a focus area in um, basically machine learning. I did a bunch of um, engineering and computer science. Um, And back when I was doing it, that was not cool. It was definitely uh, when I'd go to a party and someone say, oh, what's your major? That was a conversation stopper. Um, things are different now, which I love. Um, so out of kind of that tech background, I went to, into strategy consulting with the Boston Consulting Group, um, then went to business school at Stanford, um, got my first kind of official tech job as a uh, product manager at Netscape. I did that as a summer internship back in literally 1997 um, when I was like 24 or something like that. And it was super exciting. Um, it was like the heyday of the browser wars. And here I was like a 24-year-old intern literally being interviewed by Fortune magazine on the future of the internet. It's pretty cool. And you said there's a super huge challenge that you personally overcame. What did you? What was that and what did you learn from it? Yeah, I'll, I'll share two things. Um, I would say first on kind of like the professional front. So growing up and doing like math and physics and computer science, like most of the time there's like a right answer and a wrong answer, right? Um, and in a lot of the settings I was in, especially at the time, um, I was the only woman. Um, and I just felt this real sense of like burden and like I had to like get things right and I had to be like perfect on things. Otherwise, I'd be like letting down my gender because I was like the only woman in the room. And so I had to like represent the women well. Um, and so as a result, I, I really didn't speak unless I was sure I was right. Um, and, and as I got into the business world, I realized like there isn't a right or a wrong in the same way. And anyone who tells you that there is um, just doesn't get it. Um, there is not a right and a wrong. You have to pick your path, learn along the way, and um, just make it spectacular. And, and then you said you had, uh, you had a story that you had in mind to share. Oh, yeah. So yes. on the, the personal side, I think probably one of the hardest um, challenges for me personally um, uh, that I've overcome is um, when I was about 15 years old, I was diagnosed with scoliosis, which is a curvature of the spine. Um, and uh, I was told I had to wear a back brace. And as a 15-year-old girl, I was like, oh, my God, I cannot imagine anything worse than that. I mean, I was already, like, super nerdy as was. It's, like, the last thing in the world I needed. Um, And so I had to wear it, and I was really deeply ashamed, and I hid it. Um, And I um, just kind of separated myself from people, both kind of emotionally and physically, too, because I didn't want anyone to, like, realize that I had this. And um, I also couldn't even, like, take a deep breath. Like, this thing was, like, so tight that it's, like, trying to straighten up your back. So trying to, you know, change the shape of your spine. Um, So about a year and a half later, um, I got it off. My spine actually totally straightened up, which was even better than what they had expected. And I merged with a real sense of, Um, two things. First of all, gratitude. Just appreciation for being able to take a deep breath, for being able to like bend over and like, you know, 
pick up a pen that's on the ground, um, and also a real sense of um, empathy and um, just a deep knowledge that everybody has something going on in their life. Um, and if you look at somebody and you think, wow, you know, her life is so perfect. You know, everyone's got things going on. The best thing we can do for each other is to um, share and connect, care about each other, um, be empathetic, and lift each other up. And so that's kind of a life lesson I've taken from that. I love that. Yeah, earlier, you were, t- you were giving me the suggestion. I said, I'm really nervous uh, about today. And you said, why not reframe it and um, think of it more as excited? Um, what's a piece of advice that you've gotten throughout your career that kind of sticks with you to get persevere every day? Yeah. Um, one of my favorite pieces of advice that, uh, that somebody gave me once was, don't ask, don't get. And I thought, wow. So true. Interesting. So true. Um, and, and this doesn't mean like, if you're somebody who's been at a job and you've been there for four months, you're like, I'm going to ask for that promotion. It means like work hard, do things well, and ask for what you want. People are not going to read your mind. The worst they're going to say is no, and that is you know, only no for now. Um, happy to share any failure stories along the way, too, if you'd like us free. So we can go there if you want. <laughs> I, I, I totally want to go there. One of my favorite sayings that my mom says is every, every no is one step closer to a yes. 100% agree. Uh, let's go. Let's go for your failure story. No. Okay. Um, and so this is actually a good example of don't ask, don't get. Um, and I was um, at Intuit. I had been there for a number of years, and I really wanted to be a general manager. Um, and I had been uh, leading product teams, leading marketing teams, leading design teams. And with the teams, we'd had like driven big innovation, big growth. And I was excited to, to the, do the next step, which was to become a general manager. And I've always been a systems thinker. Um, and so uh, a general manager role opened up um, above me when my boss left, and I put my hat in the ring for it. Um, and my EVP of the group was like, great job putting your hat in the ring. And I was like, awesome. Um, and we had a conversation, and um, they ended up passing um, and hiring somebody else in instead. Um, and I would say, first of all, um, I've had a number of people say to me over the years, like, oh, I didn't even get a conversation. Um, I, I didn't even get an interview. You know, we just had an introductory conversation. That conversation is an interview. So make no mistake, get prepared for it. Um, and then actually about a year later, um, I, so I'd put out to the world and said, you know, I really want to be a general manager. And I talked to the EVP and I was like, okay, well, um, you know, I really do want to be a general manager. And he was like, yep, absolutely. Um, and then a year later, I get this email communication of, hey, we're announcing the next two general managers. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even get a call about this. Um, and so the next week I went in and um, I talked to the EVP and I said, you know, when I talked to you about being a general manager, I want to be your next general manager. I thought I need to be more specific, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> um, and I said, the next time one of these roles opens up, I want you to, I want to be the first person that you call. And he looked at me and smiled and he said, okay. Um, and probably about six months later, that's exactly what happened. Um, and I became a general manager. And the interesting thing about it is um, of the four of us who all kind of got those roles in the period of the same year and a half, I was actually then the very first one to be promoted to SVP. So that was three no's in a row before the yes. Um, no just means no for now. Keep I trying. Love that. No for now. I love that so much. And uh, what is your favorite app, website, piece of hardware? What's your, your go-to that you can't live without? 
Um, I do love Spotify. I love music. <laughs> um, and so that's one where um, we just recently in our family uh, decided to go for the family plan. We had previously been like trying to share back and forth, and it was just causing too many like downright arguments. Um, so that's probably, if I couldn't live without any app, that's my favorite. And that's, that's a good one. And um, where can people find you? I know everybody wants to cyberstalk you right now. Oh, thank you. I'm on Twitter <laughs> at Karen Peacock. So that's just Karen Peacock, like the bird. And okay, so Intercom. Let's get into Intercom. I, uh, the Simplecast team is obsessed with Intercom. I've, so I've seen it from uh, both a fan and also from the inside. What about the Intercom culture attracted you to want to be CEO there? And how did you have to prepare yourself in that role um, being a first-time COO? Yeah, I think some of the things about the culture that I loved and the people um, are, first of all, it's a group of very, very smart people who are also humble and down to earth. And I expect you all have known plenty of very smart people, um, many of whom are not humble (laughs) and down to earth. Um, So I love that. Um, It's also a culture that's very much purpose-driven. We're all about um, helping drive business growth through better customer relationships. And a culture that's very kind and respectful and diverse. Um, In fact, actually, of all of the people that we hired over the last year, 42% are women. And of the senior level promotions we did, promotions to director, VP, and above, 45% of those were women. So it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful, diverse place, not because it's like cool to be yeah. diverse, but because we honestly believe that um, diverse, inclusive teams lead to better experiences and better outcomes for everybody. I mean, even Austin is excited about it. They set on their signals for us. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, and I think I want to switch it up a little bit because I want to give people to ask their questions. Do you guys want, are you guys enjoying this so far? Yeah. Okay, I love it. For those of you who have questions, come up um, to the mic right here. And while we wait, oh, Shauna, you were about to get, oh, you were just switching. And while we wait, we'll carry forward the conversation. So far, what has been the, the key thing that you'd like to hear more about? Hiring, okay, how, how do you go about hiring more women? Yeah. So I'm a believer in um, diverse pipelines. And so um, proactively sourcing people who um, don't look like everybody else at your office or don't have the same background. And I, I also think that diversity is not just about gender diversity. I think it's about like race, background, even kind of the way you think and operate like introverts versus extroverts. So I think trying to be as um, uh, diverse as you can in, in how you proactively build a pipeline. Um, I also think that the hiring process, trying to feel like trying to figure out how to be as um, how to reduce as much unconscious bias as possible I would say I don't think it's ever possible to eliminate it entirely that's the whole point of like unconscious bias like you're, you're don't even know that you're doing it, but to as much as possible um, uh, eliminate that. Um, So for example, um, all of our coding um, projects and when we hire engineers, um, all of those are graded um, separate from the person's name or any information about them um, as kind of one step there. Love it. David, go for it. What's your question? You you shouldn't have let on that we know each other. (laughs) Great job, Esprit. I love your show. Huge fan. You don't know me. David has been a huge champion of mine um, since the beginning, and I think that's really important um, to have an inclusive community um, surrounding us so that we support and celebrate one another at all times, and so I appreciate you. Yeah, That's a great lead into my question. So uh, I'm a father of a three-year-old daughter, and um, my background is technical, um, but I wanted to ask your, your interest as a child uh, in math and science and, and uh, physics and whatnot, 
Um, was, do you feel like that was innate or was that encouraged around you or was it both or what can I do to get my daughter uh, along that same track? That's such a great question. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, it was both um, innate and encouraged. Um, my mother had been a chemist. Um, I do remember this, this one birthday um, where I was putting together my birthday list and my mother really clearly wanted to get me a chemistry set and I really, really wanted the Barbie disco set. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I remember just feeling like I was kind of letting her down by the fact that I wanted this Barbie thing as opposed to uh, the chemistry set. So I would say, first of all, like... Don't um, beat yourself up and feel like your kids have to be doing STEM stuff all the time or else they won't end up loving it. Um, I did Barbie and was a math major. (laughs) Um, uh, I also, though, um, always knew that um, technology interested me and I found kind of my own passion for it. And so what I try to do for my kids is um, help them find things that they're really passionate about that also connect to technology. So, for example, I have my kids do a coding camp um, each summer, um, which they have honestly very mixed feelings about. Um, but I always let them kind of pick what they're going to do. Um, one of their favorites was one where they did um, iOS app development. And I knew that would be because they they love being on their phones, and so the idea was build a game. Um, So I think figuring out ways to connect things they're passionate about to technology versus just trying to say, like, um, code in Java like this, uh, flashing smiley face. Make it what they want. Hi. Um, I'm curious about, in terms of women reaching senior positions, especially in in a tech environment, it's often quite hard because we're pretty much invisible, so obviously you work with someone who um, he was, ended up being a sort of a sponsor in a way, right? So do you have any advice in terms of how to develop that relationship um, and build that relationship in order to have at least a little bit of opportunity to grow in a company? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'd say the, the most important thing to do first is to find your voice. And I congratulate you for finding your voice and getting up here and, and asking a it's question. It's scary, right? It is, definitely. Um, and so the, the first thing to do is think about, like, what is it that you believe about the company that you're in? What do you see as the big opportunities on the projects that you're working on? What do you think are um, big unmet needs that your customers have that your company could be successful with? So I think the first thing is is like really asking yourself questions of, if I was the next level up, what would I be doing? If I was the CEO of this company, what would I be doing? And really spending time with yourself, like opening that up, starting to write that down and having that opinion and starting to talk to people about it. That's part of then how you build relationships um, and how you um, uh, develop mentors too is when you kind of give them some, share with them what's on your mind, what you're passionate about, um, and then they can help you find projects that can that can help bring that to life. I was also very lucky to have a, um, a wonderful relationship with the CEO of Intuit, Brad Smith, who gave me so many life lessons along the way. I think one thing that's important for everybody to be aware, like I've I've done things like this several times. I still, as I mentioned earlier, get super nervous. I was like sweating like crazy right before. I couldn't stop sweating. I was like, my gosh, this is so embarrassing. Um, Every time I ask a question like you are, are, you're about to ask right now, my whole body is like shaking. I feel the vibrations in my whole body. I'm afraid I'm going to look stupid or sound stupid. It's, it's, 
I think in the digital age, um, there's this air of perfection online. And um, I know that I subscribe to it sometimes. I'm like, oh my gosh, everybody else has everything figured out, right? Like everybody's perfect. Why can't I figure out how to be perfect? And I think the truth is none of us are perfect. And just taking the chance uh, to go towards your dream, to come up to the mic, no matter how afraid your physical body may be, like that's what being successful and winning is. Um, it's it's um, doing things. A lot of people say, I hear this a lot, um, stop being afraid. No, I say just, just do something regardless whether you're afraid or not. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I believe in, actually I always tell my kids and others as well, and I, and I tell myself too when I need to, which is that courage is not about avoiding fear. It's about acting through that. 100%. What's your question? Yeah, And hi. thank you for coming up. <laughs> thank you. Um, so I'm Kelly. I'm a product manager at a local software agency here. Hi, Kelly. And, uh, my question for you was, I think you mentioned that you were a product manager at one point and, uh, and now obviously in uh, an executive role. Uh, what were some of the kind of decision points that made you switch from being an ind- individual contributor to moving into a more managerial role? And what were um, yeah, just kind of pros and cons of that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I definitely was a product manager for a number of years and then became a group product manager, a director of product management, and then I moved companies and stepped down to be a senior product manager again and then became a director again. So I definitely um, uh, had a lot of experience in that world. And to me, part of being a manager is... um, uh, thinking strategically a few steps ahead about what does the next 12 months look like? What do the next two years look like? Not just what do the next couple of days look like? What are, what are our biggest opportunities as a company or a team? What are our biggest challenges? Um, how do we then move forward? What should our biggest priorities be? Um, and so kind of both charting a strategic course, um, as well as being someone who, for me personally, I get so much joy out of seeing others learn and grow and developing people. Um, and so that's part of what I love about being a manager. Um, and I think that always came out. I was always somebody who people came to for advice on different things. Um, and so I think that naturally translated into um, then becoming a manager. And I think when you first become a manager, it's easy to think like your job is to tell people what to do. Um, or to have all the right answers. And like the first, nobody wants. And the second is actually impossible. And so (laughs) that's pretty rough if that's kind of what you've got in your mind. Um, But if instead you think of, um, uh, the way I think about being a manager is, my job is to bring out the best in my team and all the people around me. It's to um, chart the course of where we're going and why and why it matters, really kind of set that purpose, and then bring out the best in people, give them the right backup and skills, have them um, enable them to break through barriers, help them when needed there. And that's a really, really fun job. Did that help? Yeah, awesome. Great. So one more question, and then I have one more question for you as well, and then we'll transition to another episode. This is so exciting that we get to share the same stage that Wyclef John just like did his podcast on. So cool. <laughs> what is your question? Hi, my name's Andy, and I am curious about kind of like the process by which you went from being like, you know, you said you're a math major and went from that to doing something like coding. Um, And, you know, I major in anthropology, but I'm like kind of going, I'm a data analyst. I kind of go into more, I'm looking to go into more of a technical field. Um, But, you know, I hear all of like the developers talking about like, oh, we learned it all online. And, you know, even math isn't necessarily like 
the route from math or computer science isn't necessarily like, oh, I'm gonna go learn JavaScript. I'm gonna go learn how to make an app, whatever. So I'm just curious about like what that process was of learning these really technical skills that sometimes they don't teach in school and probably like, I mean, I didn't know that they taught it in school and I don't know if you knew that when you were going through. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I did do a bunch of coding when I was in school, but like that was a long time ago. Um, and so um, one of the things that I wanted to do over the past few years is reconnect with my technical roots and like, when you're a GM of a big business, you've got 500 people who are reporting into you, like you are so far from actually doing any like day-to-day -day coding or like so many of the day-to-day -day things. Um, I just wanted to kind of like reconnect. Um, and so I actually just went and took um, some online courses um, through um, Coursera um, and uh, Udemy Udacity. Um, I learned Python. I learned Ruby on Rails um, just through online um, uh, courses. And it's like incredibly fun. So I was like in a coffee shop, like pounding out my, my uh, code. I actually built um, the heart of a neural network algorithm to recognize handwritten digits so you could like um, you could write out your phone number I could take a picture and it could actually read the digits and, and it was hard like there were definitely times where I was like okay I've, I've hit my wall I'm not going to be able to to get this done and then I take a break and I come back and I tried something else and it wouldn't work I take, you know, I try something else, try something else, and then I'd break through. And it's just such a rush um, and such a feeling of anything is possible. And so I would say if you are interested in building your technical skills, do not let anything or anyone slow you down. Um, take an online class, take an in person class if you learn better that way. Um, and just get started. Don't worry about how fast or slow you're doing. Um, just do it in a right way that's right for you um, and know that you can and will succeed. Did that help? Yay! So one last question, and then we're going to transition through. Uh, if somebody wanted to become a COO like you one day, what's the very first step they uh, should take to go in that direction? Yeah, I think um, being a, a COO, you end up working across lots of different functions. Um, and so my advice would be first... Get to know a particular function and get really good at it. So for me, my strength was very much in product and marketing. Um, so kind of pick what are the things that you're really power, uh, really passionate about, and um, develop like a really strong set of skills there um, by spending time like actually working in great successful companies, learning from others, trying new things. And then start to look at um, the, the role from other people's perspective. So what's it like to be in sales or in support? Figure out if you can do that job for a few days um, and uh, learn how to kind of look at the same problem um, from multiple different uh, spots in the field. Love it. Thank you. Thank you, so Thank you for so much, Karen, for hanging out with the Women in Tech Podcast. Thank you. If you want to connect and collaborate with more extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Say hello on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, at Women in Tech Show. Bye. Hi, this is Karen Peacock, COO of Intercom, the customer messaging platform that helps businesses grow through better relationships. We're based in San Francisco, California, and you're listening to Women in Tech. Women in Tech is an independently funded project funded by you, the community. So the way that you could support us is by going to patreon.com slash women in tech and making a small contribution. Every little bit counts. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash women in tech. Thank you so much for believing in our vision. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast 
and cheer us on. Become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. Go to womenintech.love. Linked in the show notes.